0: Welcome to the LFC podcast, where our mission is to make, deploy, and multiply mature and equipped Christ followers. We're grateful for this opportunity to bring you a message of hope, healing, and life transformation today. Enjoy the message. Well, guys, we're going to jump back into the series that we've been in called You've Got Mail, and we've been hanging out in the book of Revelation. Everybody say, ooh. All right? Hanging out in the book of Revelation. And you don't need to be afraid of the book of Revelation. Yes, there's some things that may freak you out a little bit, right? Uh, But that doesn't mean that we avoid it. The book of Revelation was actually written by the apostle John while he was exiled on the island of Patmos. And they tried to kill him. They tried to you know, chicken fry him and all these different things. They tried, to, they, they tried to destroy him, but God reserved him. And what we have to understand about the book of Revelation and John was that this, what we read, is just not creative writing skills by a very talented individual. How many know some talented authors and you enjoy reading their particular books? Well, this is, this is beyond that because even though John penned this, he is not the true author of it. He is just the translator. God gave it to him and he wrote it down so that we can read it. And so we see this in Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. This is a revelation from Jesus Christ. Right, it's, it's from Jesus himself. And so these seven different letters to seven different churches, though they were intended for that church of that time, that doesn't mean that we should disregard them, but we can use them as a prophetic voice in the time that we live in right now to pull us away from deception, to pull us away from darkness, so we don't have to live like that right? A lot of people live with a lot of regrets and a lot of junk. We don't have to live our lives like that. Why? Because we've been set free by the precious, precious blood of Jesus Christ. How many set freers do I have in the room? Yes. So they serve as a prophetic voice to us and warns us about the deception of today. And even more so, When we read Revelation, when we study it, there's a blessing that actually comes from that. If you wanna walk away with a blessing today, say, "Uh Uh uh-huh. So here we are in Revelation chapter one, verse three. It says this, that God actually blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to uh, To the church, and he also blesses the hearer, the one who listens to the message and obeys what it says, for the time is drawing near. We know that we are living in the end times. And so what better way to go through the end times with our blueprint, with our, with our game book, knowing how should we act, should act and how we should respond and what we should do. Jesus is saying, hey, listen, You're going to be blessed if you read this. So we snuck into the mailbox, and we stole uh, a few different letters, and we we looked at the letter of the church of Ephesus. We studied that out. We looked at Smyrna, uh, Pergamum, Thyatira, and Sardis, and today we're going to go and read the mail from the Philadelphia Eagles. Right? The church of Philadelphia. How many Eagles fans do I have in the room? Yeah, I didn't think so. (laughs) So Philadelphia. Philadelphia, chapter 3, verse 7. No, Revelation, chapter 3, verse 7, it says this. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. For this is the message from the one who is holy and true. Jesus is making his statement and identifying himself the true author of this letter because it's important who you get your mail from, right? Right? This is the message from the one who is holy and true, the one who has the key of David. Isn't it interesting? He holds the key of David, and what he opens no one can close and what he closes, no one can open. Jesus is staking the claim here and he's declaring to the church in Philadelphia, hey guys, I know you're going through a lot of stuff. I know that you're going through persecution. I I know all these things but guess what? I have the keys. He is declaring that I have the keys. And we see this displayed in Revelation chapter 1 verse 18. I am the living one. I died, but hey, check me out. I died, look at me, I am alive forever and ever and I hold the keys to death and the grave. In other words, what he is saying is I am the all-powerful one, I am the all-knowing one and I have all authority and it belongs to me. Aren't you grateful that Jesus holds the keys? But when you see a set of keys, you have to understand that they hold authority. You may have gotten permission Let's just say you may have gotten permission to enter into this door back here that goes back into a a, like a green room and it goes back even further into a recording uh, studio, if you will, many, many things that's for our online sound. You may have permission to go back there, but unless you hold the keys, you're just going to be standing outside that door. Do you get it? You may have permission to go in, but unless you have been given the keys to a particular room, you can't open it. And Jesus is declaring to the church of Philadelphia, hey guys, I got this. I hold the keys. I know where you are. I know what's going on. I am with you. You don't have to fear because I have all authority. I have all power. I am all knowing. I am all seeing, and I'm with you. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you, friends, because I'm the boss. That's what he is saying. And there's so many people, they walk around afraid and intimidated. Because the enemy is raising himself large and in charge, but we fail to realize that he's already a defeated foe. Jesus has the keys. He is the victor, and he wears the victor's crown. Can I get an amen? Amen. So let's jump down just a little bit further. Revelation chapter three, verse eight. And he starts all these letters off the same thing. I find it so interesting. And he says this, I know all the things that you do. I know your fears. I know your apprehensions. I know your love. I know, I know your patience. I, I know about your sin. I know about the secret sin. I've been working on you to try to get you to repent of that. I've been working on you. I know about it all. You see, we can't hide anything from God. We can hide it from our friends and our families and bu- on either side of us, on all over this room. You can hide it. You're holding on to that. But God is saying, listen, I know and I'm desiring that you come to me. I already know about it, so why don't you submit it to me? He's declaring there's nothing that is hidden. The Bible tells us that everything is uh, uncovered uncovered before him because nothing can be hidden in the sight of God. And then he says something specific which matches the verse before since he holds the keys and no one can close what he has opened and no one can open what he has closed. He said something very interesting here. I have opened a door for you that no one else can close. It's like he's echoing what he has just spoken about his authority and about his power. For you have a little bit of strength. You may not be strong in numbers, but you, you've got strength, but, and you have obeyed my word, and you did not deny me. What's interesting about the city of Philadelphia is that it was actually situated, if you ever look at a, uh, like an ancient map, you will see uh, it was situated where Mysia and Lydia and Persia met. It was considered a border town. Have you ever heard of a place like the Tri-County area? This is going on in the Tri-County area. Well, this is kind of like that. It's kind of in the middle of all these different cities. It's kind of like an epicenter. It was a border town, and that city of Philadelphia was planted and put in place for one purpose and one purpose alone. They were supposed to teach the surrounding people the Greek culture, and the Greek language, you see the Roman Empire was there, they didn't want anybody else speaking any other language, they wanted it all the same, we wanted us to to dress like us, walk like us, talk like us, right? they, They wanted everything to be the same and that was the intention of the city of Philadelphia was to go in and teach everyone Greek culture and the language. And they did a fantastic job. They did such a great job, the the city and the area of Philadelphia, that by A.D. 19, the Lydians had actually forgotten their own native tongue. And it was all Greek speaking. Everyone spoke Greek. Greek. So, when Jesus is saying, I have opened up a door for you that no one can close, what he's referring to is listen, I'm opening a door for you because now Lydia, now they all speak. And now you can understand them and they can understand you. So now I'm opening up a door for you that you're supposed to go in and preach the gospel and let them know about my shed blood. Let them know that I died for their sins. Let them know. God opened a door for them to do that and he used the Roman government to do it. Isn't it funny that the Lord can make even the enemy submit and open up so that God's will can be done? You see, we walk around so afraid of the enemy, but all along, God is saying, I use them and they didn't even know it. But here's what's funny about an open door. Open doors don't always stay open. They don't always stay open. The late, great Leonard Ravenhill said this, the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of that opportunity. There's, there, the clock is ticking, if you will. And what Jesus is saying here is that he has opened a door for the church of Philadelphia to spread the gospel and reap an unbelievable harvest. And what he's saying is that, guys, the time is now. The time is now. It's time to move. Stop delaying. Stop worrying about all the details. It's simply time to move because I have opened up the door. Matthew 28, 19 and 20 really puts the stamp on this that we are to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you for surely I am with you always even to the very end of the age. And here's what we have to understand. God opens the door but if we refuse to go through the door that he has opened he gonna find somebody else at will. You ever done that before? You needed someone to do some work for you and you like opened up the door for them. Hey, listen, I've got an opportunity for you to do. And they drop the ball. What are you gonna do? "Mm, Move over, bacon. There's something leaner. I'm gonna get them because they're not gonna drop the ball. When the Lord opens up a door, we gotta go through it But if we don't go through it, he will find someone else that will. But can I tell you, that is not his ultimate plan. Because when the Lord opens a door for you, that door is for you. Not for you to go through and delegate for someone else to go through it. Come on, someone talk to me here today. God opens a door for you to go through. But that's not his purpose. But there are a few reasons why we don't go through an open door that God opens for us. Number one, we get scared, fear. How many would ever say, you're going to fess up right now and say, you know what? God opened the door for me and I got too scared to do it. I've done it. I've done it. But how many know God has not given us? a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. What else causes us to not go through that open door? Pride. God has opened up doors for us years ago and because of pride, well, you know what? I've already passed that stage in my ministry. I don't even wanna entertain that. Because I didn't go through that open door, door, man, that pride kept me out. Pride kept me out, and we went on a journey. Can I tell you, when you don't go through the open door, it's very difficult to get back to where God wanted you to go in the first place. So that's why it's best to go through it right then. What else? Stubbornness. I don't want to. I don't want to. That's what we pay that for. That's why we, we do that. I had someone tell me when God was telling, opening a door for them to do something and do some ministry, and they just literally told me this. I don't want to do that. I don't have time to do that. I'll just pay someone else to do it. And I'm like, oh, dear friend, I appreciate that, that, that willingness to do, but God's calling you. So many people, can I tell you, God will lay something on their hearts and instead of doing it, they come to me and tell me that that's what we should be doing. (laughs) It don't work that way, friends. God's given us a vision and we're sticking to the plan, right? Sticking to the plan. Siri just answered me. We're we're sticking to the plan. But here's the question. Why in the world wouldn't we want to obey the word of the Lord over our lives? Why in the world? We have to understand that our lives depend on it and so do other people's lives. But what do you do if you've missed the door? How many door missers in the room with me? I'm raising my hand right now. I'm I'm with, come on, talk to me. I don't wanna be alone, right? What do you do if you've missed the open door? That lifetime, that opportunity, what do you do? You repent, you humble yourself before him and ask God to forgive you. You submit to him and tell him, Lord, just use me again, get me back to exactly where you want me to be, I'll do it. You repent, it's not a one and done with God, he's the God of a million and one second chances. I've probably used a million million of those already. How many many are with me? But here's what I found with all these open doors. We want God to do something, but sometimes we can't sit still long enough for God to actually open the door. And so what do we do? We get anxious, we get fidgety. What we need is the gift of patience in our life. And what we start doing is we start going around jiggling doorknobs. Still going around jiggling doorknob to see if the door is actually unlocked. Can I tell you, I have gone through doors that were unlocked, but that wasn't God's plan for me. And it brought nothing, but did it not? It brought nothing but Pain and agony. God had mercy and brought us back into alignment, but there were times that I operated because I wanted it now. I was operating on a word. I, I moved out on a word, and the last portion of the word says, Don't rush it, it will come. That actually happened in the year 2000. Moses Vay, how many, anybody here know Moses Vay? Anybody? Moses Vay spoke a word over us and that was the last thing. And can I tell you, we are reaping the the effects of that word that was given to us 23 years ago. We're reaping it and we're encountering it right now. And the last thing he said was, don't rush it, it will come and you will know it is God. I got anxious because I wanted to put action to that word and help God make it happen. <laughs> I advise you I strongly advise you don't do that. Don't do that. He don't need your help. Right? But what we do is we go around jiggling doorknobs. My my grandmother, I I grew up with with my family with my grandmother and She was always witnessing to people. You would go into the living room. My mom's here. Mom, you know what I'm talking about. You go in and she'd be sitting on the couch by the piano. The drapes pulled open and she would be praying with someone uh, just right on the couch, just witnessing to her. She was a mighty, mighty woman of God. But what she would do is someone would knock on the front door and you really didn't necessarily lock the front door, you know, because you didn't need to back then. Right? Oh, to go back to some of those days. I lock I lock everything and I double check it. And I can see if you're coming or not. Right? So someone would knock on the door and she would kind of yell through the house. She said, "It's open." You know what I'm talking about? But here's the thing. The door wasn't open. She meant the door's unlocked. And many times what we do, we jiggle doorknobs and we say, oh, this one is open. No, it's just unlocked and you may not have permission to go through there. And what God is saying to us is an open door you can see partially through to the other side. Here's what I found, friends. If you're always pushing God for a yes, you'll never be able to discern a no. The no's of God are for your protection. So embrace the no. Embrace the no, not K-N-O-W, N-O. Embrace the no of God, embrace the closed door because he doesn't want you to go through that. But here, can I tell you, God has opened and is opening an incredible door for us here at LFC It's a door of his presence, a door of his power, a door that is leading to salvation and healing and deliverance, and we have got to move now and enter through that door. You and I have got to do our job and inviting people in to come to church with us. We must share the testimonies of what God is doing right here in our midst. We must have the urgency of the Holy Spirit that the time is drawing near and that we must respond friends we've got to respond in the tithe I was just overhearing kids church and pastor Lena is teaching and training our little ones asking them what is the tithe and the hands go up all over the place what is it it's giving God what is his it's 10% okay what is offerings We've got to respond to God with a tithe. We must respond with our generosity for the Horizon Project because that building, can I tell you, that building has got to get done. That building has got to get paid for because we've got to teach and train and raise up ministers and missionaries because the world is coming to an end, friends. We have to understand it. Jesus Christ is coming back very, very soon. We cannot delay We've got to move through the open door with fasting and praying and loving every single person to life. Amen? Can we go on a little bit farther in this text? Revelation chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. Jesus says this after he's talking about the open door. He said, Look, I will force those, force. interesting. I will force those who belong to Satan's synagogue, don't want to go to that church, those liars who say that they are Jews but are not, to come and bow down at your feet. He's talking about these people are hypocrites. They are not who they say they are. How many know that we live in a place like that? Absolutely. Because... They, they are going to acknowledge that you are the ones that I love. Because you have obeyed my command to persevere, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. Now listen, we do not have time. To go through and pluck about uh, and talk about all the stuff about rapture and uh, pre, post, mid, you know, all these different things, the tribulation and all that stuff. We don't have time to do that, but what I want us to understand and notice in these two verses Jesus does not correct the church of Philadelphia. On just about every other one of the letters, He corrects them, he rebukes them, and he tells them to repent. He doesn't even tell them to repent here. But what he actually does, he condemns the enemy. He condemns the enemies of their soul and the enemies that are standing all around them. Isn't it funny in Proverbs 16 verse 7 that he says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he will make even his enemies to be at peace with him. We just saw it right here. Just saw it. I'm going to make, I will actually force them to come to you and to kneel at your feet and say, hey, you're the ones that God loves. But I think so many times we operate in fear when it comes to the enemy. And see, when I say enemy, many of us think of people, don't we? We think of enemy, we think of our rivals, we think of these things. But we've gotta stop fearing what the enemy says and what the enemy does. We've got to ignore him and keep our eyes open and our ears open to hear what Jesus is saying. And we've got to just simply pay no attention to him. Like the Wizard of Oz, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. For he is a toothless, he's a a clawless, fake lion that can only gum you to death, right? Right? I've read the end of the book. Have you read the end of the book? We win. We win. Those who are in Christ Jesus, we win. We win. Many times we're focused on the enemy and we pray something like this. Go get them, God. Go get them. Go get them. Punch them in the mouth. Did you see what they said to me? God, you go get them. Curse them, God. May the fleas of a thousand camels infest their armpits. You know, I mean, we get crazy. We want God to take care of it, torment them like they've tormented me. <laughs> but we completely forget about our part in the process. You see, no matter what others do, no matter what others say, we've got to remain obedient to the Lord and keep our eyes on him for his presence is our purpose. Amen? Amen. Got to understand that to obey is, is much better than sacrifice. I've got to hurry. Revelation chapter three, verse 11. He says this, I am coming soon. How many know that Jesus is coming soon? He's coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take away your crown All who are victorious will become pillars in the temple of my God, and they will never have to leave it. And I will write on them the name of my God, and they will be citizens in the city of my God, the new Jerusalem that comes down from heaven from my God. And I will also write my name on them. He's talking about heaven. He's talking about heaven, being in heaven with him, and then he ends it up again. He says, anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Friends, can I tell you, the Lord was crying out to the church of Philadelphia just like he is crying out to us today, and he's saying this, hold on. Don't back up. Don't let up. Don't give in. Keep your minds on me. Friends, you can do this and walk through the open door, and watch the world around you change as they come to me, for my return for you is very near. Friends, he's near, and we gotta walk through the door that he opens for us, amen? Thank you so much for tuning in to the message. If you desire to grow deeper in your faith, we wanna help you text the word GROW to 419-495-6802. You can also stay up to date on everything coming up by checking out limafirst.church and hitting the events tab. Lastly, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future LFC content. We'll see you next time.